fuck it. <laughs> I don't have uh, I don't have an intro made, so <laughs> let's just do some wannabe gangster shit real quick. Fuck it. Let's go. Welcome to Nabi, covering sports of all sorts. If there's any breaking news, you know we got the report. Our one and only goal is to make this your podcast resort. Get you your favorite team updates, both on and off of the court. Breaking down everything. NFL, NBA, MMA, not much a soccer fan, but might even cover Team USA. Is KD leaving Golden State? Is Jordan really the GOAT? Is LeBron comfortable in LA? We'll keep the team afloat. If GSP fights Khabib, we fight him toe to toe. While the Fury rematch, who's always gonna go? We'll cover everything and anything you wanna know. Whatever it may be, we'll break it all down on the show. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? This is Nabi Podcast. I am your host, Sani Nabi. As always, you already know. Um, yeah, this is episode 7, uh, <laughs> we on a fucking roll, let's keep this fucking ball rolling, word, um, we're gonna start the show off real quick, if you don't already know, Nabi Podcast is on iTunes and Spotify, if you ain't already subscribed to me on there, please search me up and please subscribe, if you are a user on either platform, of course, um, second quick shout out, uh, my, uh, to my partners, Champs Boxing Gym, uh, they had a very successful event this past weekend, Summer Sizzler, uh, Saturday. Um, I was unfortunately not able to fucking make it. I tried my very best, but by the time I got back into town, it was way too late. But everything I heard was positive. Over 400 people showed up. Um, everyone, All of the fighters out of the gym fought their heart out. A lot of winners. And it doesn't even matter. Winners or losers, everyone fought their heart out, and that's all that fucking matters. Congrats to everybody there. Congrats to you guys putting on a successful event. And let's do this shit again next year. I can't wait. Next year, I will fucking damn sure make sure that I fucking make it. And that's a goddamn fact. Um, And yeah, that was only two. That was only two quick shout outs. Um, if you didn't see this past weekend, there was a UFC fight night event. 154, Korean Zombie versus Moicano. Uh, if you did not hear my last episode, that was the um, that was the events preview and breakdown that I did, and this right here, episode seven, is about to be the review. Um, a lot of stuff I predicted, uh, a lot of stuff I definitely didn't, and some of the stuff that I didn't predict, I am 100% okay with. We gonna get right into that. Um, if you heard last episode, I did. Uh, Two of the prelim fights that I was uh, looking really uh, the most forward to, um, along with the complete main card. Um, unfortunately, one of the main card um, fights got canceled in the co-main event between Rob Font and John Lineker. So, you know, I had to take that off. But um, what was added was the Andrea Ewell versus um, Anderson Dos Santos fight. And I didn't get a chance to break it down, but I still got something to review out of it. Um... So yeah, let's get right into it. We're going to start with the uh, middleweight bout between Darren Wynn and Eric Spicelli. I did predict the winner out of it. I got that correct, um, which was Darren Wynn um, by unanimous decision. Uh, I mean, you know, to get right into the thoughts, I predicted Wynn to win. <laughs> you know, no pun intended. But um, it was not the way I expected it to go down whatsoever. I thought Wynn would go in... Uh, you know, with the Daniel Cormier mentality and just grind this one out by taking Spacelli down and beating him up from top position until the ref stopped it by TKO. 
or when seeing an opening while he was on top and gotten like um you know a rear naked choke or some some submission like that and uh you know when came into this fucking fight with a complete intention to knock Spacelli out on the feet from the opening round right when the refs you know let them fight Darren was swinging heavy fucking heavy haymakers hooks overhands anything but straight punches pretty much um in all honesty, he's he's a better striker on the feet than I thought. But, as I said in the last episode, Spacelli came into this fight on five days notice. And it 1000% showed as he pretty much gassed out by the end of the first round. Um, pretty much before the fucking first round ended. So it was a lot easier for him to get hit as he wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't moving around because he had no fucking gas to fucking move around on the feet. And just stood right in front of win a uh, majority of the fight. Uh, another thought is, yeah, I said Darren when striking is better than I originally thought, but that does not mean I'm saying he has some, like, insane striking ability that I just learned about or some shit, you know what I mean? Because he does not. Uh, when he strikes, he only relies on those big looping shots. He does throw pretty good combos, like sometimes he will end with an uppercut, um, but he needs to pace himself a lot more. I understand he was trying to take advantage of Spacelli stepping in on short notice and tried to get him, like, he tried to get him out early, but he slept on Spacelli's chin and did not think Spacelli would stand in front of him and trade like he did the whole fight and probably thought every, like, next strike he landed was going to be the next one to put him away and it was not, and every shot he threw was just gassing himself out, but... You know, I mean, he that was his game plan. He he tried to take advantage of the five days notice, and um, which goes into my third thought, my third and final thought. Oh no, that was not my final thought. My third thought is uh, Spacelli is tough as shit, dude. Coming in on five days notice, you could tell he was not in shape for this fucking fight. No offense, Spacelli, he came in out of shape, um, he, and he was just completely trying to brawl with this fucking kid, dude, on some other shit. He definitely gassed, but it doesn't mean he gave in to the fucking fight after he gassed. The dude was in there to fucking fight no matter what direction this fight went. He even got rocked. No, no, my bad. He, yeah, he got rocked too, but he even rocked win like three, maybe four times with uh, knees to the face right up the middle right uh, from the clinch. Uh, I didn't think about it. I didn't even like think about how good knees would work against um, against a short fighter like Win in my uh, preview breakdown, but... Uh, man, he was landing him, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot, I didn't even fucking think about that, but yeah, that was, it was very a fucking, it was very effective against the shorter fighter, and, um, a shorter opponent in Win. and, uh, Wynn couldn't even do shit about it, at one point, he was literally trying to throw some fucking heavy hooks and haymakers all over again to break out of the clinch, and yeah, sometimes it did work during the fight, but I think that had mostly to do because Spacelli was tired as shit, um, now going into my final thoughts of the fight, Darren in his post-fight interview in the cage, he said that he doesn't care about his height and his short legs and that he'll use his short legs to climb up to the top of the division. Bruh, chill the fuck out. You just got rocked a few times by a fucking Eric Spicelli that took the fight on five days fucking notice. Like, you can't be talking like that. If Spicelli had a full training camp and his cardio was up to par, he very well could have finished you, bruh. But, you know what I mean? Chill with that. Unless when, of course, you know, fought with the Cormier mentality, like I was saying earlier from the get-go, if, you know what I mean, if um, Spicelli had a full camp, maybe he, maybe Win would come in smarter, you know what I mean, instead of just trying to get him out quickly, but who knows, this kid seems hard-headed as fuck, but to end my final thoughts in this fight, 
I think Wynn needs to find a way to make the welterweight division because I see him getting beat the fuck up and getting beat up bad by the top five of the uh, middleweight division. Um, even between top five to ten spot as well, I don't I don't see him beating. I don't care how many times he says he isn't. You're too fucking small for a lot of these dudes in middleweight, especially the fighters that are really good with head kicks and really know how to throw the head kick. Like, um, Adesanya, Whitaker, shit, even Jacare would probably all knock this dude out with a fucking head kick, honestly. Um, yeah, that's my final thoughts. Win, go down to welterweight. I, I don't see you being that You're a great fighter. Don't take this the wrong way. But I don't see you being that successful against the top of the top of the division of, uh, middleweight. Um, hmm. moving on. Uh, another fight that I was really looking forward to, the featherweight bout between Dan Ige versus Kevin Aguilar. That was on the pre that was the um the featured bout on the prelims. I predicted that winner correctly. I um predicted Dan Ige by unanimous decision and that's what went down. Uh the fight went exact pretty much exactly how I thought it would go down. Uh pretty much without the fucking takedowns. Uh Ige would be in Kevin's face all night. And he would overwhelm him with the pressure. And Kevin would not be able to keep up with the pace that Ige puts on him. Um, especially like the way Ige has been putting on his opponents in the last couple fights. I said Ige cannot allow Kevin to keep him at bay and at distance. And Ige did not allow that one bit. There was one part in the fight where uh, Kevin got on top of Ige on the ground. But Ige is a very good BJJ practitioner. And it didn't seem like he was in trouble at all when he was down there. Um, another thought. As I said in the uh, preview and breakdown, I noticed Kevin is not the type of fighter to throw a variety of strikes on the feet, especially his punches. He loves to st uh, like stick to throwing one and two, like one or two punches at, at a time, which usually results in um, you know just a jab or just a one-two. Um, if he throws a third strike, it's usually a head kick off of that one-two, and um, Ige caught onto that really early and caught him. Uh, completely off guard with a mean right punch right after Kevin threw a one-two combo and just completely dropped Kevin right on his ass. Um, if it wasn't so late in that first round, Ige probably probably could have gotten that finish, but who knows. Um, regardless, once Ige found that timing, it was pretty much a field day for Ige on the feet. Um, he is He's only getting better, I think, and uh, I can't wait to see this fucking kid fight again. As I said in the last episode, I love watching Ige fight because he's always there to fucking fight. No matter who it is, he's always fucking bringing it, and that's that. Um, he made me a fan a long time ago, and I can't wait to see you fight again, fucking Danny Ige. On to the next one. Um, real quick, third thought. Uh, I, I gotta give props to uh, Kevin Aguilera, man. He's a real fucking fighter. Every single time he got rocked, he went out, he went out on his shield. He didn't even... He didn't get finished, but... He, every, he took a fucking beating, dude, and kept trying to attack as well. Dude was getting rocked over and over and over and still tried to throw back. And he was missing every shot and was still trying to throw back. Um, I always knew he was a talented up-and-comer, but I had no fucking idea that he was as tough as he um, as he showed that he was in this fight. He definitely made me a fan, and the same thing with Ige. I can't wait to see this kid fight again. Um, moving on. Ugh, this fucking fight. This fight pissed me off. Uh, to start off the main card, it was a middleweight bout between Kevin Holland versus Alessio Diachiro. <sighs> Alright. I only got two and not three main thoughts and a final thought for this because there really isn't shit to break down with this one. 
very fucking disappointed in this fight as I was expecting some sort of fireworks, you know. I did not predict the winner here. I predicted Alessio to win. Um, Kevin Holland won by unanimous decision. <sighs> I'm going to start this shit off by saying this fight was not entertaining by any means. Holland blew his shoulder out in the end of the second round, I believe. But even before that, uh, even the two rounds before that, they, they weren't really doing much. You know what I mean? It, it didn't seem like any of them wanted to fucking win this fight. This is Alicio's third fight in three years, and it shows why. The dude doesn't seem like he wants to fucking fight anymore. Um, I'm not saying that is what's up with him, but he needs to figure that shit out before Dana cuts his ass, because we all know he would. But, all that aside, he did not lose this fight, and Holland did not win this fucking fight. This fight was a motherfucking robbery. Alessio landed the better shots of the two in the first round, and even rocked and staggered Holland a few times in that fucking round. Which clearly should have gave him that first round, right? Second round, neither did shit. Like, literally, one had a fucked up shoulder, the other was just not doing a fucking thing. So you could give whoever the fuck you want that round. You know what I mean? It doesn't even fucking matter. Third round was close, only because neither was doing the shit. No, neither was doing shit again. But Alessio landed a fucking takedown in the last 10 seconds of the fucking round. <sighs> fucking ridiculous ass fight. Um, again, I said, neither, neither two did shit in the last two rounds, but Alessio got that takedown in the end of that third round, which should have won that fucking fight for him, um, or, you know, that round, which should have won the fight with the two rounds, uh, my final thought is Alessio needs to figure out what the fuck he wants to do with his career, because if he wants to remain in this organization and not be sent packing home back to Italy, this fucker needs to fucking, you know what I mean, sign up for more fights, and he better show up to those fucking fights, because this performance was disgraceful, honestly, no disrespect, this shit was disgraceful, and you should fucking feel that way too, especially when you got an opponent with a fucked up shoulder, and you still not fucking attacking, like, what is wrong with you, I partly blame your corner for that too, because if I was in your fucking corner, I'd be screaming at you to fucking throw head kicks at this motherfucker, on his right side, because that's his right shoulder that's fucked up, if he's blocking, he's blocking with his fucking shoulder, that's fucked up, if you're kicking that shit, only thing that's happening is you're either damaging his fucking shoulder, or he's not gonna be able to lift that shoulder, and you're gonna hit him in his fucking head, what the fuck were you thinking, like, this dude was fucking standing there, holding his fucking shoulder, and you're just like, you're just standing, I, I'm, alright, as for Holland, I don't know if he has a fucking family member as a fucking judge for this fight and his last fight. Because I didn't think he won his last fight either. And he won both by... Uh, no, sorry, last fight he won by split. This fight, they say he won by unanimous. What kind of shit is that? I don't know if he's buying fucking gift baskets for the judges before the fights or what. But the UFC needs to figure out what the fuck is going on with that shit. Because that shit is getting fucking annoying now. I already knew the UFC wasn't smart at their judge-picking decisions after these fucking idiots hired Adelaide Bird, you know, the bride who fucking, in the last two years, fucked up major boxing event outcomes with her bias and bullshit scoring, you know, but, but, I mean, come on, I mean, shit needs to get a little tighter, and, I mean, to end that off, I don't know if Adelaide is still hired by the UFC to score fights, but if she is, Fucking shame on you, UFC. Sh fucking shame. She better not still be fucking hired. Uh, moving on to the next fight, because I don't want to keep talking about that last one. There's nothing to fucking talk about. Uh, moving on to the next one. 
was a woman's flyweight bout between Andrea Lee versus Montana De La Rosa. I did not predict this winner, uh, which was Andrea Lee by unanimous decision. Um, going right into it, I fucking told everybody that Andrea Lee's boxing was underrated in the last episode. I told everybody it was underrated as fuck, and it showed. Um, her stand-up looked great in this fight, especially because Montana came into this fight uh, literally fucking doing everything I said that she shouldn't do, which was keep this fucking fight standing. Uh, during the first round, Montana literally played into uh, Andrea's game and got pieced up every fucking time she tried to rush in with sloppy entries. Um, when she rushed in, uh, she wasn't throwing two strikes uh, and going like right for the takedown. She was just rushing in and still fucking throwing predictable fucking shots. And Andrea was able to see that shit coming and got out of the fucking way majority of the time. During the fight, I believe I heard John Anik or one of the commentators say that Montana told them that she worked on her boxing for this fight and uh, she wanted to show it or some bullshit, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's fucking great that you, you know, worked on your boxing, but don't try to fucking show it this fight against a fucking fighter who was clearly better at boxing than you, you know what I mean? You show that against someone who isn't a striker, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Not like... Yeah. Damn it, this is not that fucking fight. Like, do you remember when What's-Her-Face Ronda Rousey, you know, that that chick, came into her fight against Holly Holm with that fucking mindset of, oh, she might have these boxing championships, but I think I'm still better than her at boxing because I knocked out two chicks that are not strikers. You get what I'm saying? But, you know, she came into that fight like, oh, I'm, I, I could, I could outstrike her because I'm knocking chicks out, and I'm going to go inside and try to box this bitch. And then proceeded to get outboxed like a motherfucker, looked silly, and to add insult to injury, got knocked out, not with a fucking punch, but with a motherfucking head kick by the multiple-time boxing champion and Holly Holm. Huh? Not saying Holly has not slept chicks with head kicks. Uh, oh, that rhyme. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> not saying Holly has not slept chicks with head kicks before in fights, because she has. Look that shit up. She be sleeping, bitches. Um, but... What I'm getting at is, how hard-headed do you have to fucking really be to do that shit? You know what I mean? Like, my forte is striking, always been a fucking striker, always will be. And I am not very good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu if I'm being completely honest with everybody. If I'm going into a motherfucking fight with a multiple-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I feel confident today, I'm gonna go try to fucking submit this motherfucker. How the fuck does that... No. I'm going to train my motherfucking ass off to stuff the takedowns and keep the fight striking and knock the motherfucker out. Montana completely blew this fucking fight. She she blew it. Um, She came in on a three-fight win streak, all submissions. All submissions. And she... She was not smart this fight. Um, In my preview, I said Andrea likes to be the stationary boxer where she throws strikes right in front of the opponent and not while moving. Uh, and she fought the same way this fight. And I, I said when Andrea does that, and she uh, Montana has to take advantage and get that take and shoot for takedowns. Fucking Montana only did that shit once in the first round, and she got the fucking takedown. But she ran out of fucking time because it was later in the fucking end of the round. But she got the fucking takedown. Why the f- she didn't do that ever again. She didn't do that ever again. Um, from then on, she kept trying to fucking strike. And uh, she did attempt maybe two more times the rest of the fight. 
but this was when she was already tired and gassed up from, um, from, uh, sorry, gassed out from getting pieced up by Andrea the whole fucking time. Montana should have attacked the fucking takedown all fucking fight and kept it on the ground and found the opening for the fucking submission. In the third round, I think there was a point where Andrea was even able to lock a fucking half-ass reverse triangle. Like, what? How the fuck you come into this fight on a three-fight submission streak and you get fucking randomly reverse triangled by a boxer? She didn't get the finish, but, like, what? That's just, that's just annoying to me. That's just fucking annoying. Um, my final thought on this fight, Andrea's fucking dope. Um, and she's only getting better. She just needs to work on the boxing and striking while while on the move. Like, she can't just keep standing right in front of her opponent. Uh, you know what I mean? As, as, a smarter, as a smarter fighter would, you gotta keep it moving. You stand right in front. Any fighter that could get that takedown, you will get that takedown. Um... As for Montana, stick to fucking what made you a good fighter, which is the submission grappling and pressure fighting. Don't ever go into fights this hard-headed again. Honestly, this fight could have been so much fucking easier if she had that fucking good game plan and fucking executed it. Um, fucking A. You hear my fucking annoying ass dog up there? Fucking big behemoth motherfucker. Uh, moving on to the next fight. This was the fight that uh, took place for John Lineker versus Rob Font. It's the bantamweight bout between Andre Ewell versus Anderson Dos Santos. Um, this fight was supposed to be on the prelims, but as I said, Rob Font and Lineker got taken off. So this took um this took its place, and it got taken off due to Lineker getting a cut above his eye during fucking weight cutting. Um. I don't know how the fuck that happens. Uh, I mean, unless the fucking dude probably cut so much fucking weight that he was so fucking dehydrated he lost balance and busted his big ass head on some shit. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. So pretty much what I'm saying with that is John needs to stop cutting so much fucking weight and move your big ass up to featherweight because clearly this whole trying to use your size advantage at flyweight and bantamweight shit ain't working for you, bro. It's always during your fucking weight cut. You either miss weight or you bang your fucking head up against something because you're all dehydrated. Um, yeah, going going into the fight between uh, Ewell and uh, Dos Santos. As I said in the last episode, I actually had a few conversations with Andre on Instagram a few years ago. Um, this was be, uh, when he was just starting his pro career, maybe two or three fights into his pro career, uh, maybe three or four. Talking about, um, you know, fighting Southpaw because I lost, um, you know, uh, stance switching and shit. Uh, so I was just talking to him about his uh, Southpaw stance and etc. Um, just chopping it up pretty much. But I, uh, I didn't preview or break down his fight because, you know, it was on the, pre- it was on the prelims. And um, when I was getting that episode done, the news did not break uh, about Lineker and Rob Fon getting taken off. So I don't have I don't have really much to go off of because I I didn't really study, um, but I will break down the fight that happened itself. Uh, Andre, he I mean even if I did do a breakdown, I would have picked Andre by unanimous decision because if I would have looked into uh, Dos Santos fights, it, I would have just had this breakdown anyways. Uh, Andre, he's very fucking fast for the bantamweight division along with his height advantage that he usually has. And, of course, his reach advantage that he usually has against other bantamweights. Um, him being a southpaw, like I said, also gives him an advantage against a lot of orthodox fighters. Especially the stationary stand-in-front-of-you-and-bang type of fighters like Dos Santos was in this fight. Um, Andre was completely tearing Dos Santos up on the feet and whenever he wanted to as well. 
Uh, Andre has a very, very slick 1-2 combo right down the middle. And the majority of his fights, he lands them more than he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't usually throw more than two strikes at a time. And those two strikes being the usual 1-2. But with how fast he throws them and brings them back to guard... He's one of the few fighters that can get away with that with just throwing the same combo over and over because of his fucking speed. Uh, because the opponent usually doesn't even see it coming. He also doesn't stay right in front of the opponent right after he throws them. He um He's not a, you know, a side-to-side kind of fighter. When he lands or even right after he throws, he likes to bounce back right after he throws them and gets right out of the way of um, the opponent's counterattempt. Or, you know what I mean, even if they don't even throw a counterattempt, he still bounces back just in case. And he makes the opponents miss regardless when he jumps back. And then he jumps forward right away real quick and throws another quick jab or another 1-2 combo. He loves the fucking 1-2 combo. Um, all of the fight, I, I pretty much seen all of his fights in his career and he loves that 1-2 combo. He loves that um, that long stance, um, you know, the wide stance. And he, he, he knows how to use his reach. That's one thing I could really fucking say about him. Um, if you watch his UFC debut when he fought the former uh, bantamweight champion Henan Barout, then you already knew this before this fight even took place. Uh, one thing I can really say about um, one thing, one thing I can really say more about this fight, you know, just freestyling it right now because I, I don't really have much notes on this, um, is that Andre is young and his striking is insanely good, and only thing he needs to work on is stuffing the takedowns and uh, you know getting back to the feet when he's taking down. Um, if Dos Santos wasn't trying to brawl and try to get the fight to the ground the whole time, this fight could have gone the complete opposite of, of how it went down. Um, as we saw in the third round, if you watch the fight, a tired and beat up Dos Santos was still able to get the takedown and was able to keep top control for a decent amount of time. Of course, Andre is, um, he's on the lankier and longer, um, you know, the longer side of the, um, of the bantamweight fighters. So, um, you know, it's a lot more easier for the lankier fighters to get taken, uh, for them to get taken down, as history has shown. Uh, that usually, that's usually what happens. Um, other than that, Andre, keep fucking grinding, brother. <laughs> you may have hit me with that follow to unfollow bullshit on Instagram back in the day. <laughs> uh, you know, once you got into the UFC, but it's all good. It's all good. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say you did that by accident. <laughs> but we had good conversations, man. Um, good luck in the rest of your career. And I hope you progress, bro. Um, would love to get you on a phone interview maybe one day on the show. Let's see what the fuck happens. Uh, moving on, though. Uh, oh, man, the co-main event. Oh, what's the wait about? Oh, shit. No shit. I even got a fucking... Uh, I downloaded the soundboard just for this. <laughs> All right, y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right. What's the wait about between Randy, rude boy... Rude boy, rude boy, Brown versus Brian Barbarena. Fucking A, man. I predicted the fucking winner, which was Randy Brown, but I was far from off. I was far from off. I was far off with the way this fight went, which was Randy Brown winning by fucking TKO in round three. I'm going to start this fucking... I'm going to start this fucking breakdown off with fucking shit, Randy Brown. Randy, rude boy, Brown, in my preview episode, I said that Randy was going to come into this fight cautious and stay on the feet, uh, cautious of staying on the feet after getting knocked out cold in his last fight, 
and that was, uh, you know, not being much of a counter-striker, going for the takedown, or, you know, or just wasn't one who really knew how to utilize his jab, you know what I mean, or how to use utilize his reach, I said that, I said this, my motherfucking man, let me hit that fucking horn one more time, my motherfucking man, I apologize, you came into this fucking fight with a motherfucking purpose, you did literally everything you wanted to do, and won the fight in every aspect, convincingly, and straight up beat the fuck out of Barbarina in, um, in that finishing sequence, you shut me the fuck up, if you didn't hear in my preview breakdown in the last episode, which was episode 6, I said Randy had to uh, fight Barbarina exactly how Kobe, uh, Kobe Covington and how Leon Edwards did, which was the grinding wrestling based style. Uh, but this motherfucker straight up fought Barbarina on the feet the whole fucking time and did exactly what he wanted to do when he wanted to do on the feet. Uh, for the most part, at least, you know what I mean? Um, he was very smart in the fight. And um, not in the way that I said he should have been, which was, you know, the gra uh, utilizing the grappling and the grinding style. This fight, he utilized his size difference on the feet, like I said, like I thought that he didn't know how to. And he kept Barbarina at bay and at his reach at all fucking times. I said one of the keys to victory for Barbarina was to try to make this into a fucking brawl. And for the most part, he did try. But there was even a part in round one, I believe, where Randy was moving out of the way of uh, Barbarina's rushes. And Barbarina looked at Randy like, come on, man, let's fucking bang. And Randy, like, he literally looked at him, smiled, and wagged his finger like, nah, B, nah, we doing this shit my way. And that was the smartest fucking thing he could do, apparently. Um, shit, and my main key to victory for Barbarina was to make it a brawl. You know what I mean? And he tried. But Randy was, uh, he was fighting extremely smart and didn't get baited into that brawl style. That, um, you know what I mean, that Barbarina is keen to and is usually successful with. Fucking, I can't, I can't, I can't say it enough, man. I can't fucking say it enough. Fucking Randy, rude boy, Brown. You fucking did the fucking damn thing. And I got this, I literally downloaded this fucking reggae soundboard just, just for this segment. <laughs> Just for this segment. Never again am I using a fucking soundboard. But, um, yeah, bro. Congrats on your fucking victory. I am not a fucking casual MMA fan, as you guys probably already know. Um, I'm one of those MMA fans that love getting proven wrong with my assessments and predictions. You know what I mean? Um, that, that's what keeps the sport fun and unpredictable to me. I love it. I won't lie. Of course, I used to be a casual, as a lot of the, uh, now hardcore MMA fans, MMA fans used to be. Um, you know, but I started watching back in 2005, 2006 when Andre Avlaski and Chuck Liddell was fucking straight up killing dudes. Um, I suck at math, so I can't say off the top of my head how old I was at the time. I'm 28 now, but um, regardless, at the time, I was just getting into it, and I thought Chuck Liddell and Andre was unstoppable. And once I started seeing them motherfuckers getting knocked dead left and right, that's when my eyes opened to, uh, how much deeper this sport goes, and, um, you know, that anyone can get beat, especially when it's the perfect matchup, I love the shock value in the sport, man, it, um, you know what I mean, that's, that's, I, I love that more than being right, honestly, you know what I mean, you, there's no better feeling than seeing a giant upset, you know what I mean, between me calling big upsets to, uh, to me witnessing huge upsets, uh, that I never thought was possible, you know what I mean, I love it, same with boxing, shout out Andrew Ruiz, <laughs> um, 
which goes right into the fucking main event. Uh, I fucking got blown away, man. I was shocked. And I am I, I did not predict this. The main event was the five-round featherweight bout between the Korean Zombie, uh, Chan Sung Jung versus Hinato Moikano. I did not predict this fucking winner or the outcome. I don't think anyone predicted this fucking outcome, but I am 100%, 1,000% okay with it. Uh, the Korean Zombie won via TKO in round one in just 58 seconds. Um, again, I did not predict this shit at all. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard to break down a fight that took only 58 seconds, but, um, I thought Moicano's, uh, volume of strikes and movement, you know, along with the strikes would be too much, and, um, you, uh, sorry, uh, Cham Sung Jung would not be able to keep up with it, but when a fight is literally 58 seconds long, Moicano didn't even have a chance to get it going, you know? We will honestly never know now if Moicano could have gotten it going, you know what I mean, with it being less than a fucking minute long. I predicted that Moicano would have utilized a jab, which he is insanely good at, and easily one of the best at in the, in the featherweight division, and, uh, you know, find his pace going along and um, pick Zombie apart from there on. But Moicano literally tried to feel Zombie out with jab, like little, you know, little pop jabs. Nothing on him, just little, not even any speed on him. And fucking, uh, the zombie was like, nah. <laughs> zombie, he, he, the moment he timed that little patty jab, that was it. Uh, shit, I lost my note. Shit, 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 shit. Yeah, my bad. He tried to, he tried to feel him out, and zombie was not trying to go in for that fucking feeling out process. Zombie straight up launched a Korean missile off of that fucking counter right hand. Uh, it was an overhand, and right after that overhand, he landed a left hook combo right after, dude. That completely caught Moicano off guard and dropped him, and he could not recover from there. Um, it's really hard to break this one down. Obviously, like I said, it was less than a fucking minute long, but I'm going to do my best uh, <laughs> beside what I just said. One thing I will say is that Korean Zombie literally did what I said he'd need to do in my preview episode, which was land counters, but of course... I said land the uh, land the counter as Moicano was throwing volume strikes. Um, zombie straight up landed the fucking counter just off of a feel out jab. And I said because this is a five round fight that they both need to feel each other out. And Moicano tried that. Only issue is Zombie was not trying to do that, <laughs> and he just um, he just skipped the whole feel out process and just fucking dropped this boy, man. Uh, Zombie didn't give a fuck, dude. His fucking hair wasn't even fucked up. His hair was still all styled at the end of it. Fucking Korean Calvin Klein, bruh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to break down. Um, but I did pick Moicano to win. But I'm a thousand percent okay with this outcome as I'm a huge fan of Korean Zombie. And so happy for him with this, uh, with this kind of win. Especially after his last fight with Yair. Um, where he literally lost in the last second. 4 minutes 59 seconds of the 5th fucking round when he was winning that whole fucking fight leading up to that. You know what I mean? I'm really happy for him, but um you know, like I said, we will never know how, you know, how this fight could have gone if it went longer, but I am 100% cool with that. 58 seconds is cool. I'm I'm am down with that. <laughs> uh final thoughts. Um Korean Zombie versus Josie Aldo 2 needs to happen next. This is the perfect time to make this rematch. Zombie blew his shoulder out in the fourth round um, in the first fight, which resulted in a TKO. 
granted, yes, Aldo was winning every round till then, but still, you know, what I mean, the way that ended, it, it, it's not a, it's not a way that, that a fight like that should end, you know. Um, Aldo coming off that loss uh, against Volkanovski, his last loss, and um, Zombie just getting this win. I think it would be, you know, a perfect match. I think it, it makes perfect fucking sense for um, for Zombie to fight someone that, uh, you know that just lost in Aldo, and he just lost to the guy that probably should be fighting for the title in Volkanovski, um, this could be a contender fight, I love it, be a, it, it makes perfect sense, but, you know what I mean, of course, UFC is not, um, not one to, uh, go off sense, um, yeah, as for Moicano, though, just match him up with someone like, you know, Jeremy Stevens, I think it would be a great fight, you know, to get back into things, and would also prove if he's on that elite level, uh, you know, all respect to Stevens, but he's, you know, he's been known as, um, you know, the gatekeeper of his career, uh, of his division, uh, you know, throughout his career. So a fight against him would not only be good for him, but would be very fucking entertaining for the fans regardless. Um, but yeah, all in all, congrats, Zombie. Fucking love your ass. Can't wait to see the next one. Moicano, heal up and get right back into it, bro. Um, to end the show, I'm gonna talk about a, a couple news, uh, you know, some news in combat sports that, um, you know, to start the week that I heard today. There's not much, but, you know, here we go. Oh, excuse me. Starting with news from Bellator, middleweight champion Gegard Mousasi lost his title by a five-round decision to, uh, the BJJ expert Rafael Lovato. Um, I personally didn't watch the fight myself, but I plan to. But I have heard mixed reactions to the fight. I've heard Musashi should have won the fight, but I heard that you know the correct decision was made. Uh, but I haven't watched it myself, so I plan to do it. Um, you know, and um, make you know make my own mind up, and uh, I'll let you guys know next episode what I thought. <laughs> In other combat news, I guess if you want to call it that, former boxing champ Pauli Malinaji lost his bare knuckle boxing debut against the goat Artem Lobov. It's a fucking joke. If you, if you, I hope you don't think that was serious. Um, I didn't watch the fight live, but I did watch it the next morning, which was yesterday. And, uh, honestly, in a boxing perspective, you know what I mean? I thought Polly won the fight. But this isn't boxing, just because it has the word in it. It was, it's bare knuckle boxing. It's a completely different world over there. And, um, I guess it wasn't, it, it, I, you know what I mean? It wasn't scored on, you know what I mean, technique and shit like that. It was just scored on aggression, it seems like, because that's what Arden was doing. All the fight was being aggressive. And, um... In a boxing aspect, though, I thought Polly probably should have won, um, you know, but also Polly fucked himself by talking shit about the MMA community and the bare knuckle boxing fan community, um, along with doing fucking bitch ass shit like spitting and fucking sneak slapping Artem in the press conference and shit, you know what I mean, and the face to faces and shit, um, you know, I, I feel like he, uh, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including myself, but I feel like he might have rubbed the judges the wrong way, maybe. Uh, you know, he might have sealed his fucking fate no matter what, you know what I mean, what happened going into this fight, if it went to decision. Uh, if he didn't win by knockout, you know what I mean, I feel like he sealed his fate with that. Um, and, you know what I mean, that's what it looked like it happened. Uh, last combat sports news of the episode is some completely dumb shit. This very slow, very slow fucking day in combat sports news, but, um... I'm mad yeah, I'm, I'm even mentioning this shit, but apparently UFC flyweight and newly crowned bantamweight champ <sighs> Henry Kajudo called out boxing champ Vasily Lamachenko to a boxing fight. <sighs> I 
What the fuck can I say? Every fucking time I gain some fucking respect for Kazuto, he do, he says some dumb shit like this. <laughs> Every fucking time. I won't even get into full detail about this, but Jesus fucking Christ, Henry. Loma will make you look stupider than you sound when you say this. In a boxing match, please, shut the fuck up. Heal up from your shoulder surgery. Come back and defend your belts. You won't get a fight with Loma, alright? I'd be grateful that you don't because he would make you look fucking ridiculous. Alright, that's it. That is episode 7. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but real talk though, honestly, who the fuck really thinks Henry Kajudo could beat Lomachenko in a fucking boxing match? <sighs> Alright, well, everybody who tuned in, thank you. Um, this episode was kind of rushed, kind of not, but it definitely was. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it regardless. I did my best for you guys. I had to get an episode out for you guys today. Um, today is Monday, uh, June 24th, two days after the event. So I, I could not get a, um episode later than this out. Um, so I had to do this for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, this is Nabi Podcast. I am your host, Sani Nabi. On to episode 8. I'll see you guys next time. All right.